Well, hello. Welcome to the Leesburg Talk Podcast. Sitting around the table today, we have David. Sammy. I'm here. Courtney. Hello. Matthew. Yo. And myself. How's everybody doing? It's good. good. Sun's out. What do you know, David? What do I know? Uh, I know that babies are born without kneecaps. That is true, and it's that the weirdest That is such thing. a weird fact, and I've heard that before, <laughs> yeah. but I had forgotten about it. You want it. another one? Yes, let's have another one. Crocodiles go through 8,000 teeth in their lifetime. Hmm. Wow. Apparently they fall out a lot, grow back a lot. You guys, fun facts with David. I wonder <laughs> if we could figure out how to genetically cross those. <laughs> Make that happen for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, well. The crocodiles or the kneecaps? <laughs> the teeth. <Okay>. The teeth. <laughs> yeah. I don't need more kneecaps, yeah. but you may need more teeth. <laughs> Never more know. teeth wouldn't hurt, right? Yes, you could use another one. Well, fantastic. Yeah. I knew he would know something. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fascinating. I've got him locked and loaded. I did ask when Gray was born, I asked Todd about his knees because I was like touching him. I was like, I think something's wrong because we, ca- you know, we counted fingers and toes, but he didn't have a kneecap, so I was really worried about it. <laughs> I, I didn't know that until like last week. Yeah, I found heard out that years yeah. ago, but I'd forgotten about. They it. grow in at what, like age two ish? Is that right? No, I don't know. A little bit. They, they kind of like grow simultaneous with, no with the soft spot closing, don't they? Same kind of time frame as what I always. I can't heard. imagine that they don't have kneecaps while crawling. Yeah, that's true. That sure. would be kind of. Yeah, that would be. Or maybe that's why they don't, because it would hurt. Maybe I don't know. Who Maybe knows? they would have no cartilage if they had kneecaps. That could be. We need a phone. We need Did you guys know <laughs> Netflix put out a series on babies? There's like the psychology like, of bit like what are they learning? Like how are they learning it? Are you watching every episode? No, I'm not watching every episode. <laughs> but enough to know. No, I just saw the trailer for it yesterday. Huh? It came out yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Well that's interesting. You should watch it. Well, I'm learning. Maybe enough. you can keep <laughs> us abreast of what's new and whatever. That's right. We all need to know. And baby dumb. Baby dumb. Baby dumb. Baby dumb. Dum 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 dum. Well, it's Monday morning, a rainy Monday, once again. But kinda sunny. Kinda sunny. It's trying to peek out there. Yeah, it's a little peaky. Yeah. <laughs> Runny. <laughs> it's a it's a moist Monday. Um oh, and my oh. wife hates you now. Is that <laughs> is that too much? No. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> you don't like that word? No. It kind of works, though, for the Monday. Huh? Yeah, like Moist it. Monday. I think it works. Yeah. So many people are turning their podcast off <laughs> at this point. Well, we made it two minutes. <laughs> um, we've got some cool stuff coming up. We do. David, tell us about Unaltered. Unaltered. Uh, really excited about it. It is a traveling national event. They go from Washington State down to florida and everywhere in between and they just so happened to be between stops they gave us a call about six seven weeks ago said hey we'd love to maybe partner with you guys if you could host this um basically it is an event intended to promote fullness of life for teenagers and to start conversations between teens and their parents or guardians or youth ministers uh, intended for parents, but I know that's not always the case. And uh, so, yep, that's coming up March 15th uh, at 6 o'clock. We can host 300 people. And as of this morning, we had 170-ish already of those spots accounted for. Wow, so time is, time is running out. Um, we'll want to get on that 
you know, if, if you haven't registered for that yet, don't wait. I would hate for you to miss out on that. And uh, so, and, and in fact, I just came from across the street. Uh, James had me over on the radio station this morning, and I publicized it there. So I'm sure those numbers will continue to go up. Fantastic. Yes. That's fun. Before we get to that, this coming Saturday, we're having our movie night, family Ooh. movie night. Got uh, We're going to be playing a family-friendly animated film. And uh, Say that again. Family-friendly animated film. How about that? I, like that? I can't do it five times, but I did it twice. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> and so that's right after our 6 o'clock service. And uh, popcorn, drinks, snacks, fun. Just bring somebody. Fun. Come hang out. Maybe the weather will be terrible still. And uh, so you can get out of the house. Watch it be like 75 and sunny. <laughs> well, you know, you need a break from that kind of weather. It's just <laughs> too good. It It'll is too dark. nice. It'll like, just be too nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So come on out. And then in the fall, we're doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else just turned it off. <laughs> and so now there were just five of us sitting in a room talking to ourselves. Um, I'm excited about it, though, because, you know, we, it really is a tough time more than ever to be a young teenager mm -hmm. and it's a tough time to raise young teenagers mm -hmm. and i think that we can use all the uh skill that we can muster up from anybody who is willing to give it in a positive way yeah and i think this is a great yeah. opportunity to increase not only um the potential in your child but also your parental skills mm -hmm. yeah need yeah. sharpened yeah yeah we got to work Without at it. Without a doubt. That's right. Oh, got to yeah. work at it. Yeah. If we want to have good and, results. And things are changing so quickly. They yep. are. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, I do think that generally I'm trendy-ish. Like I, I know what's on fleek and not, but uh, just, that was <laughs> oh, a joke. Wow. Now, now anybody that. else that was listening has <laughs> just turned off. I'm just off. kidding. Should we um, talk about that phrase? Cause <laughs> <laughs> but here's, I mean, I, I generally feel like I'm kind of up to date. Like I've, but I know that there's things that I don't know as a young parent. I'm looking forward to this event because it's, yeah. without a doubt, I'm sure it will help me um, see things differently, hopefully. Yeah. So. You know, in, in family relationships, just like, any environment communication and understanding are huge and it's going to promote that i think on both sides of the equation and so you know that's that's going to be speaking big. of that can i give a little insight into that yeah aspect? uh this past weekend or last friday night um Shree and i drove to louisville our sixth grade granddaughter was in her spring musical at jefferson in jefferson county mm -hmm. and it was a play in a musical I'm telling you, I, I was shocked. This they did Mary Poppins. These they had 32 kids mic'd in this thing. Wow! It was I was I was one of the leading cast people in our senior play in high school. What were it you? blew it away? It I'm telling you, I could not believe these sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids sang, danced, and memorized hundreds of lines. It I and I, I walked out of there thinking. These kids mentally are so much further ahead of where past generations have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of being, I, I was just incredibly impressed with it. And then I thought, you combine that with prolonged adolescence in some regards, mm -hmm. with re, with in, with not having the independence of you know 
and you cup that together, it's kind of a dangerous combo a little oh, yeah. bit because they got this incredible ability to think and process and learn and all this on a level that I can't relate to from when I was a kid at all. But yet uh, they are scared to be on their own. And, you know, uh, a 19 year old today is so much different than a 19 year old was when I was young. Um, and, and then you got kids in their thirties, you know, living in their parents' basement and all that stuff. And it just, all that combination is just crazy. But I was so taken back by that. I couldn't believe how good it was. You know, and then add on top of that, right. Uh, the, I was talking yesterday afternoon, uh, or yesterday morning with, uh, one of our members who is a professor of journalism at Asbury college. And we kind of laughed and joked like, what a wild time to be a professional of journalism. Um, and we were talking about just the, just the extreme bias on all news sources and how that's going to impact every generation moving forward. You know, what's going to happen? Because you can be so convinced that this is actual news, but you've got to distinguish between... Uh, um, Fact and opinion kind well, of thing? Well, fact or? and opinion, yeah. I mean, the, the idea of opinion you know, opinion is equated to fact now. Mm-hmm. He says most of his job is teaching his journalism students that facts or opinions are not facts, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I'm thinking about that with what you said about truth, truth and kids uh, being mentally advanced and having all this technology and then tons of resources pouring into them, pulling them, pointing them in different directions and, uh, and to what end, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a scary, it's a scary thing. It really is. You know, I made a comment this past week in a message that, um, truth, you know, what we believe when it bumps into reality, it, whether or not it stands up is the test of truth because truth stands under the test of time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that we have to engage in those conversations more with young people. Uh, You can have an idea, but is it sustainable? It doesn't hold up because if it doesn't hold up, then is it possible it's not true? Because if they're able to think as well as I think they are or have seen demonstrated, then maybe that's an angle to go at. I just think parenting is much different than it used to be. Sure. I mean, you can't have the old typical – birds and bees conversation with kids about sex anymore. That's out the window because that whole culture has completely shifted in how uh, and what is being said and taught and thought yeah. about and what's okay and not okay and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of lost on some of that stuff, even your generation, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Hey, well, you know, speaking of this weekend, one of the really cool uh, things that I enjoy that you pointed out was – my favorite slide of the weekend. Ready? <laughs> okay. Facts don't care about your feelings. I knew you'd like that. I thought about you when I put it up there. Well, I, I don't know if you saw me. I sit in the front row. I, I thought about I you, smiled real I big. I I saw that. I thought about that. you so oh, boy, much I when I put that. that up there. But it's so true. Yeah, that's right. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter what you want to be true or wish to be true or hope to be true. Yeah. Truth is truth, and it really doesn't care about how you feel about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Fact, right. Facts are facts. That's right. Speaking of facts, it's a fact, Jack, that this past weekend we started a new sermon series. We did. Men following directions. Yep. And we had a bunch of signs on the on the stage, none of which were stolen, by the way. I got that. I, I got that question. Was that biggest, was the number one question of the I weekend. I probably got it ten times, and 
I was like, just blown away. Really? Did yeah, people yeah. think there was just mass chaos in Cynthiana? Like, <laughs> like we don't know no, where to there go. Were, <laughs> there were no more road signs, and so like, they're just out there taking all the signs. <laughs> Twelve car accidents on the way. His lyrics sounded just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah. I was out there looking for my Pomeranians, and then I took all the signs. Yeah, <laughs> somebody shot at me. But can you imagine us at night with a ladder in a truck bed? <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. I've never done that. Listen, this past week we started a new series. And, and Sammy, give us a nutshell what this sermon series is going to be about. It's about uh, the idea, I, I made a comment, it's about, you know, uh, the idea that... Uh, Men should come with instructions, as all people should come with instructions. And the truth is, we did. And that's what we don't tap into. God's Word is our instructions. He's our creator, designer, engineer, patent holder, manufacturer. I used all those terms because I wanted people to understand that, you know, if He created us and knows us best, then it only makes sense that we go to the source to find out what the intention was and and how we were intended to be the men that he has called us to be, and truthfully, that we all want to be. Yeah. And I really do believe, and and we're going to talk about women later on. I'm dreading, but anyway, we're going to talk about women later on. <laughs> I got. You I really there. do it's believe <laughs> that. I do really do believe that, uh, as the way men go in culture, so does uh, everything, because oh, yeah. uh, it, it we have such a high responsibility in that, mm-hmm. such an important calling, uh, not just to. Um, on a church or a moral level, I mean, those are huge, but, I, you know, in our homes and in society and in the workplace and so many different aspects of it, if we really were turning out uh, good men, I think that uh, we would see a big shift in uh, right direction in our communities as well as in our homes, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, so that's what we're going to talk about. What did God have to say about that moving forward? So that's kind of the teaser going into the next few weeks. This weekend, we just kind of laid the foundation yeah. foundation for what's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there are a couple of things that we could point out uh, that I, I don't think historically have had to be said, but maybe are important to say uh, today. And that is we're coming from the, the foundational understanding that men and women are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something maybe different from culture today, right? There's a men and women are different. What are some of the differences that you think happen between men and women? Well, are you talking about like roles or gender identity or what? I no, mean, there's talk- a lot of different aspects uh, of that. Well, I mean, beyond anatomy, yeah. Wh- wh- how are men and women different? How do we see things differently? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, we'll let Courtney talk about that. Emotional processing is a big one. Um, (laughs) Women get in trouble because we want to talk it to death. And that's just not most men's natural tendency. Um, The way we hear things and listen to things, I think, is different, which is all communication. It's like what I need to to understand clearly is different than what my husband needs to understand clearly. Mm -hmm. And so that requires some effort on both sides to sort of manipulate how you are like thinking and saying things so that you can you know communicate effectively Um, i think the big frustration that that i see today and i'm actually going to talk about this a little bit is that innately we're wired with certain god-given i'll put it that way things in terms of protection and provision and things like mm -hmm. that and so when guys can't figure those out it's very frustrating 
Yeah. I mentioned the fact that a lot of men are walking around like whip puppies today because I think this is part of it. They don't, they can't figure out how do I do that yeah. and still be a man and not be, excuse me, but wimpy. Yeah. Okay. How do I be a man and not wimpy? And yet, how do I be tough and tender at the same time? Yeah. How do I have yeah. both of those? Th- and I got to tell you, that's been a tension my whole life. Because in my era, you, you, you were tough, period. That was your manhood. You'd, yeah. you'd be tough. But the truth of it is, is that the, the toughest man ever walked the planet, Jesus Christ, and everything he went through, had the most tender, sensitive heart that's also ever been on planet Earth. Yeah, I think you're hitting on something there that's 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 good. You know, we have this picture of what a man is by, you know, the the world, and so specifically, and we talked about this uh, Sunday morning. Specifically, here in Cynthiana, for example, in a rural community, we have this idea that a man is tough, calloused hands, uh, wears camo, drives a truck, drives a truck. That's bigger Where's than an 88 Dodge Dakota. Uh, you know, you know, um, a, a, a man is tough. He he goes camping and hunting, and he likes to fight, and you know, all all these pictures of what a man is, um, and and those pictures can be incredibly dangerous because we see the results of living up to that standard in our world today. I mean, I I'm I was sitting uh, recently in one of our county jails. Just listening and listening to other conversations that were happening, and the reason the jails are as popular as they are is because many men have have tried to live up to this expectation of what a man is, and it's a bad expectation. It's a bad definition of what manliness is. You know, manliness is not being the toughest fighter and the the most uh, active ladies' man around. Well, you know there's I mean? such an extreme. Uh, polarization in this going on today. For instance, you have you have all the uh, characters like Thor, Aquaman, all these characters yeah. that are the you know what I mean. And then on the other hand, we have the other side that is saying something completely different: that a man is uh, sensitive and soft and uh, able to. Be as you know, uh, like Mister Rogers. Yeah, right. something like that. Kind you know, I think that, we put it in opposition. We, you're either tough and you're a hard worker, or you're a good dad. Oh, well, that's like, where I was going. I had this conversation with Sheree, and I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial. Oh, good. Oh, I look forward to these moments. <clears throat> I think this has led to our gender issue today. A, a, a good part of it. Oh yeah. The the identification of whether. You know, because they're, I think they're looking back in my childhood and all through my teen years, the guys that could not measure up physically with the sports and things like that, and they felt, where do I go? What, who am I? And the natural and the only place left for them to go right. was with the girls. Mm-hmm. And they began to look and act and be effeminate like the girls because they were accepted among the girls. And then all of a sudden, then they have to start questioning, I think. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So if I don't fit into category A, I must be, be category, category B, B. And that's all. The, yeah. And if it's if it's you got to be 100 percent. And, I would, or, and I would suggest that that's something we have not addressed correctly. Yeah, I agree. That you do not have to be a hammer throwing guy yeah. to be a guy, yeah. that's right. you know. There's yeah. there's a lot of aspects of manhood I don't think we've we've taught very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the church has been really guilty of yeah. avoiding that subject. Yeah. 
What Here's is that phrase of like, as the family goes, the culture goes, the nation goes? Am mm-hmm. I getting that right? Mm-hmm. And I think this, what you're addressing here, it's like the the hypermasculinity being detrimental to biblical masculinity mm-hmm. affects the family, affects the culture, it affects does. the nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's one kind of practical thing that I see, you know, doing doing what I do. Uh, I have a friend it, that just, you know, she was kind of bragging on her husband. You know, I'm friends, friends with both in the couple. And uh, and she said he hates for me to say uh, that he's babysitting oh. the kids. Oh, yeah, I oh. hate because that. why? Because why is it that you know our our idea of a man is you know you go out and do the grunt work while the women folks stay mm-hmm. in and watch the kids, and when you step outside of that, then you're babysitting. But yeah. but that's not you, you can know. only handle them for three to four hours because they're not. Your kid. That's what that's yeah. communicating is that you are not responsible for right. your own children. Where the where the biblical idea of manhood is a father that's involved with his children, that's building into giving the life lessons of leading the family, hands on kind of stuff, and so which actually invokes the word discipline in scripture, yeah, yeah. which is yep. teaching and instruction. Yep, not beating. Right. Yeah. You know. And I think maybe we've messed up in our vocabulary there a little bit mm-hmm. with how we've addressed it. Yep. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. Some of the most irritated points that I've had as a dad have been, oh, dad's, oh, you got to babysit? No, I, I, I don't have <laughs> no, to babysit. No, I'm going to go be those a dad. Are my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not yeah. keeping your kids. These are my kids. I, yeah. I, I'm responsible for them. You know? yeah. And, and so, you know, like yeah. as somebody who... Uh, I don't have kids right now, but I am observant whenever I'm in like a grocery store or whatever. I can't tell you how many times I have heard when I see like a, like a dad with his kids and somebody walks up and, oh, where's your wife? Oh, it's weird that she would let you out with your kids. Yeah. And I I mean like, and dead serious. It's not a joke. They're not joking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where did that come from? You know, like. How does that happen? Yeah. Like it annoys me for you. Yeah. yeah. Todd and yeah. I already get that a lot. And he responds, Oh, this is my son. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. why do you funny. have to say that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like people are like, Are you okay with leaving him home with Todd? Absolutely. <laughs> that would be a problem. I, I Stop be asking those questions. If I, if I wasn't, I shouldn't have gotten married. Yeah. 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 I was like, why would I marry someone yeah. I couldn't trust with another yeah. human? Yeah. <laughs> Stop asking yeah. those questions. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, so so I think uh, as a culture we have this this skewed view of what manhood is. So I'm excited yeah. to see yeah. a, a, and look at the the instruction book. The, the one of the one of the things that I'm going to kind of go at at different angles is that you know there's a biblical uh, reference that's pretty interesting or fascinating to me with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for example. Uh, if you don't know who those are, those were old. Testament patriarch characters in the Jewish culture. And, and you know, Abraham lied about Sarah. And Isaac lied about Rebekah later, many yep. years later. And then Jacob lied about his birthright with his brother Esau. And it was, it was a trait. And so the idea is it's time for us to break some bad cycles. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the only way that you can do that is, and I'm trying to drive this home, setting up the foundation this week, is through what God can empower you to do. You cannot do that on your own because that is learned behavior that you have to retrain, and the Bible talks about the transforming of the way you think, mm-hmm. and, and you can't do that on your own. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that comes into your life that has the power to work that out. 
under a, under a very serious conviction. But the importance of understanding that sin is generational, and it takes a generation to end up saying, "Hey, no mas." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's there comes a point where we have to be responsible uh, uh, men to say, "I'm not going to allow this trait." To continue well that's what i'm saying you know, you know I mean? it, it, sometimes it's learned behavior it's modeled but other times i think it's actually propensities that's right it's actually kind of yeah. in your dna a little bit that's your tendency mm. of your weak area yeah. so i would even take it a step further and say it's even in habitual things that lead to addiction and stuff like that's that right. that yeah. you have a not be, and again you're never going to be able to overcome that in and of yourself that's right and I think, you know, we all have seen that in our own families, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, being raised side by side with another sibling or whatever, and something is completely different about them than it is you, well, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And I can only attest to it through a testimony that it's God. Yeah. That's all I got. Because I know yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I just, it was when I went to him and said, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> and what I'm seeing isn't it. You know, and, and as he said this weekend, there's a big butt here. There is, but Jesus, right? Yeah, that's right. It's true. <laughs> By the way, Nora was sitting on my lap. <laughs> she liked that. And when you said something about big, big butt, butt, she thought that was the funniest thing you'd ever said. <laughs> She's like, "Daddy, he just said big butt." <laughs> I know, Mr. Sammy's Well, funny. just to clarify that out, well, the context in which I said that, and I said, "No, we no, no a, fill in the blank." Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we had this saying, and it's true, and I hope that everybody understands this. It's okay not to be okay. When we come to church, we're not trying to put on a facade of being something that we're not, right? That's it's right. It's okay yeah. to admit your failures or whatever you're dealing with, but it's not okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. That's, That's right. not what God has called us to. And I see that as a church trend today. Oh yeah, and Without it's a doubt. it's frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah. And and in a lot of our um, recovery type uh, situations that we're trying to help people with, the the identity lies in what they used to be, not what God is transforming them yeah. to be. And we've got to change. As that. long as I look back at whatever dogs are chasing me, I'll run smack into a wall. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I've I've often used this illustration. You know. Uh, it, it, we've got this sin issue in our life, and so we want to get away from it. And so we look back over our shoulder looking at that sin issue, whatever that How is. How close it is. And say, okay, am I getting further away from it? Yeah. I, I might be getting further away from it, but where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, uh, you know, that's what Jesus has said time and time again. In Matthew 28, he says, hey, look, as you go through life make disciples, behold, or and lo, uh, the idea is, hey, give me your attention. I'm with you always. You've got to keep your eyes on me is the idea. You've got to keep focusing. So we can get away from sin. You know, let's say I'm a let's say I'm a drug addict. I can get away from heroin. That doesn't mean I'm getting closer to Jesus. That's right. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. behavior modification, not a heart change. Yeah. And that's right. the only way to, or to get out of much not being okay. Sinister. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I can I can get away from heroin but fall into some type of a cultish thinking or uh, uh, secular religious system that has nothing to do with Jesus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm still void what is what is of eternal value. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And you might be better than you were, but you're still not good in and of yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I have. And, and um, at the end of the day, I'm still I'm still not saved. Right. Like there's you know there's there's an eternal heaven and there's an eternal hell mm-hmm. and so yeah, 
scary. Yeah, I have a son uh, that is um, uh, would would con- would have considered himself to have a severe alcohol pro- problem, and we've had this conversation recently, and uh, he has been uh, totally uh, in a good place for over a year now, and it's just fantastic, and he's he's renewed his commitment to to God and faith and. And uh, he uh, he was telling me yesterday we had lunch together, and he was telling me yesterday that he gets asked almost every day by former friends, college buddies, old fraternity guys he runs into now in business. Whatever, how do you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? And he and he and he said, all I can say to you all is that I tried to do it through all the methods. You know, I tried to go through all the 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 pills and the and the, the methods yeah. that, that, that people try to tell you how to do this. And he said, all I can tell you is until I actually surrendered to God, mm-hmm. as goofy as y'all want to say mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. and he said he's had a lot of weird looks over this. Mm-hmm. He said until I said, no, God, you got to help me with this because I can't do it by myself. He said that was the key. And I said, I told him it's Derek. And I said, Derek, you got to share that. Mm-hmm. You, you got to show, and he's planning on trying to do that here in the near future. Cool, uh, in church setting. So, yeah. I, I think that needs to be said by somebody who sees it. Plus, he's a public defender, so he sees this every single day. Right. And he said, "I just want to say to him so desperately, until you get your God thing right, this is yeah. never going to work." That's right. You well, know, yeah. is that is that maybe kind of the the point of Jesus's <clears throat> parable with the you know the guy that was demon possessed and then. Uh, you know, that demon was cast out, and then all that happened was, you know, more. Eight, eight more came, <laughs> came in, in. into yeah. a clean house to start. Yeah, if you don't put, and, and that's his if, point, if you don't fill it up with the right stuff, getting rid of whatever, and I think that's what yeah, you were saying yeah. too. Yeah. If you don't get, you can get rid of whatever you want to get rid of. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you said there a while ago because the Apostle Paul, who had a very tainted past, focused over and over and over again on where he was going, not That's where right. he had been. That's now, right. he was quick to say, yes, it's Point true. To it. It's true, That's but right. I'm running the race. I'm finishing the course. Right. I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping my eye on the prize. It was this constant yeah. lingo because that's what kept him moving forward in the yeah. right direction. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and I think that is such a key element of this. Yeah. Paul didn't identify himself as a former uh, Christian killer. That's right. Hi, I'm Paul, and you know. <laughs> I kill Christians. Yeah, no, you know, Paul's identity was securely fastened in Christ, and that's where his focus and his and his thrust was in life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I'm excited about this. Yeah, series. it's pretty cool. You know, I made another remark, and I want to hear what Courtney had to say about it. Uh, I made another remark: is that one of the things uh, that we've been very guilty of is trying to be other people's Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I made the remark that if the women really want to mess up this series, try to be your husband's Holy Spirit. Uh, that's not your job, yeah. and you can't do it effectively anyway because it's not who your identity is and role. Courtney, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think our role, but from God, is to be a helper, which is not an, a role of weakness; it's a role of strength, and we have some strength to leverage. We have some authority to leverage with our spouses. And so if you're with him in a service and you're hearing what he's hearing, like you guys are hearing the same message from the same person. So it's less convoluted than you think it is. It is appropriate to hear that and say, yes, I think my husband needs to hear that. And then to quietly pray about it. Because if you have already communicated appropriately, 
what it is you want to see happen or what it is you're concerned about, there's not another reason why you should bring it up again to to nag or argue or uh, bring it up against him like it's a fault. Because even though it may be a sin issue that needs to be addressed, your role as a helper now is to pray about it and to yeah. trust the Holy Spirit. Because the same Holy Spirit in you is in your believing husband. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust that the same work that he's doing for you, he's doing for him. And this is like it gets so convoluted because we want to take our problems to an echo chamber of other women who are going to oh. say, yeah, girl, he shouldn't act like that. Let me tell you about what so-and-so did. <laughs> that's, that's inappropriate. That's not going to be beneficial for your husband. It's not beneficial for you. And I challenge you to disrupt it because simple questions like, have you prayed about it? Have you communicated what you want in a constructive way? Those things are going to change the conversation with women so that we can ask a question like, what do you think is happening here? Because our our number one thing to do is just talk something to death. And that's not your husband's thing. But when you're doing that with other women, make sure it's an appropriate conversation topic. Because some of the stuff between you and your husband doesn't need to go out outside your marriage. And other things like maybe you just want a godly opinion. Make sure that's a godly person. Is this a person that you trust with your, like, your salvation with your life. I mean, obviously you don't trust them with your salvation, but do you trust them to speak into your life in such a way that God is going to get the glory? There's, there's so much value in really taking a look at who you're speaking to. But number one, it's not your job to save him. It's not your job to Mm -hmm. impart wisdom so that he can be a better man for you. Cause that's how that looks. It reads like manipulation, not like concern. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And one of the big things that drive me nuts today, and I see so much of it, is that uh, people are so quick to throw their spouses under the bus mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear people doing that, and I see that, con- I'm thinking, if you're doing it to the person you claim to love the most, what are you doing to me? Yeah. And you how can your how can your spouse? trust you I like mean, what does the trust yeah. look like in your relationship if this is how you speak you know, publicly the, and i think the problem is we we don't know what it is to so that's why people pull back and isolate because they they don't know how to have those healthy conversations because communication is key you got to talk to other godly people about what's going on mm-hmm. but you got to do it in a constructive way not in a negative um way in which it you're when i do you all understand what I'm saying when I say throw your spouse under the bus? Do you, do you know what yeah, I'm yeah, talking so. about? Yeah, yeah. like, that? oh, he does it all the time. I can't stand that. And rolling the eyes. And then and you're and getting in, you're just piling on someone else's complaint. But if you're like, if you're a believing woman in that setting, it is your job not to be passive there. It, it like sometimes you don't have the authority and leverage to say, here's what you should do, but to disrupt it by saying something positive about your own husband. Or yeah. asking a, you know, kind of a generic question to help them see that it's not just him. It's yeah. not just him. You have a role there, too. Yeah. That's right. You know, one of the differences in a way that we're wired a little bit, I guess, I, I can only speak from the male perspective. You'll have to chime in, Courtney, if you have a different perspective. <laughs> but uh, when I was a kid, when I look back at the teachers, for example, that had the greatest influence on my life, it's the teachers that I knew genuinely cared and saw something in me and said, you have got something. Mm-hmm. 
and it made me want to try harder. Coaches, I did that for coaches too, yeah. playing for them. It, but the ones that that put me down and browbeat me made me want to pull back. And I think that there's some there, there's something about that in our relationships. Mm-hmm. We could take it a step further in the male female relationship and marriage and so forth. I think that's why you have yeah. a lot of guys, like I said, that walk around with their shoulders drooped down. I'm a piece of crap and I'm a whip puppy and all that kind of thing because they got nothing left. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I guess I am what they say. She yeah. says I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we tend to become what people think we are. You yeah. know what I mean? And the people that see what we can become, what we can be versus what we are or what we were. That's those kind of coaches mm-hmm. and teachers and, and spouses yeah. for that matter. You know, yeah. when you see somebody not for, you know, what they are, but what they are continually becoming in Christ, then that, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. And, you know, I think it's so easy for you to let that that creep into you when, when you do have, you know, uh, you know, a husband or wife that makes you feel that way because they see you every day all the time. And you think, well, they know me better than anybody else. And they, it cre- starts creeping mm-hmm. in. You start going, well, maybe I am horrible. Yeah. And it's like, or maybe they're just, you know, horrible too. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like maybe they should watch their mouth. But uh, I think, I think it's so easy for that toxicity to creep in when you, when it's somebody that literally knows everything about you. They see you every day more than anybody else does. And when they start saying those things, it can be really toxic to your relationship and, uh, so be careful what you what you say to each other in that regard because mm-hmm. it could easily get in there. I agree. I think. Yeah, because maybe then the next step is, you know, that person thinks, well, you know, there are other people that seem to like me and see something positive in me, but they don't know the real me. And if they found out who I actually am, you know, and then it yep. just like you said creates kind of a toxic cycle of. Yeah. Yeah. And it leads to bad decisions. That's all it's going to lead to is when you start getting into that world, you make bad decisions moving forward because that's how you're thinking. And a lot, you know, a lot of things can happen in that that weird spot where you said, you know, like, uh, well, maybe there's other people out there that that like me. There's things that can happen in that mm-hmm. world too mm-hmm. that that can get out of control real fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, you got to watch what you say to each other. Watch that thinking, thinking. That's right. <laughs> so maybe I should ask you guys a question. What is the like how can we motivate how can women motivate their husbands in positive ways? Like not that it's our job to say you need to do this this and this, but how do we support you as you are hearing what God wants you to do and wants you to be? How do we support you? <laughs> chirp chirp <laughs> well well one one of the most encouraging things i think to me is uh and this applies to all kinds of relationships but definitely in the marriage relationship too is catch somebody doing something right and yeah. acknowledge that you know what i mean it's Rather easy always focusing yeah. on it's the easy yeah we all we all um mess up but when when you know sometimes we do stuff that's that's right or that mm-hmm. is going along the the right way for for you know the direction of your family and we don't even realize it sometimes but just you know that acknowledgement of hey I, I saw that you treat our child as our child and not like as some project that you have to babysit every so often <laughs> yeah. um that that means a lot and i think that's going to mean a lot to our kid as he grows yeah. up you know that kind of thing so. right yeah. Yeah. yeah i think positive reinforcements big on that yeah point uh, out the good i think all of us you know i think males and this is just true i think we have 
egos that are wired in such a way that uh, if, 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 if women could figure out how to tap into the positive part of their, our ego, it would right. go a long way of, of being a catalyst to helping us move further into the mm -hmm. right direction sure. versus telling us what all we're I lousy mean, at. Truthfully, we could, be, we, we could be led to do just about anything, right? Yeah. If you feed into that, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, like I agree. Sh sh short of sand, but you yeah, know what I mean? know what you mean. It's true. It's true, and yeah, I and, and I think we have to be aware. And I think you know, I, I I don't know. I think sometimes men actually feel things on the same level, if not more sensitively, sometimes in some areas than women do. Mm -hmm. And I think women, but we we shut down in that. Whereas yeah. I think women ramble about it a lot mm -hmm. you know and uh i think that's that's just a difference you have to understand moving forward and so i think i, th I think david's right i think that positive reinforcement and what you're doing well uh encourages better uh productivity as a male yeah um and, and not necessarily and not just looking at what you what has been done but just saying you know hey out of the blue hey i love it when you do this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's a lot better than well, why don't you ever do this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Fun. Uh, I have a friend uh, in ministry. This is an example. I have a ministry friend that he says that uh, he told me one time, and I can relate to this so well. He said that, you know, I have several thousand people telling me how wonderful my messages are every week. Okay. He said that, quite frankly, that doesn't mean anything to me. But if my wife says, mm -hmm. you did a great job this weekend, hon. I mean, he said, you know, that is the biggest encouragement. He said, I, you know, because that's the only person's opinion other than God that I really care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. thought, you know, there's so much. But but here's the point. He, he was making the point that um, so many guys, their wives will say to them, um, well, you have so many compliments, you don't need mine. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you have a yeah, guy who's a coach, for, for, yeah, <laughs> so you don't need that. Well, that, that's totally, women have got to figure that out. That's not important to guys. For instance, if you're a coach over here and coaching a, a high school team and you have great success, take your team to state tournament, and everybody's writing wonderful articles about you, the only person he really wants to hear that from is his wife. And I don't think women sometimes get that. I think they think, well, you get plenty of ego strokes. You don't need yeah. mine. Well, wrong O. But we the really one only person, want The only person we care about is our wife. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think we. I think sometimes that mark is missed a little bit. Definitely. That's important. Well, good stuff. Hey, before we wrap this up, um, I have a, a real serious question for Sammy. Uh, I have to know, were you Peter Pan in that production in uh, – in My high school, player? your senior player I was not. Okay, what well, were you? We actually did the, the uh, play. Papa was a preacher. I don't know if you've ever heard were of you that. the preacher, and I was the preacher. Nice. My, well, name was, you were. My name was Hugh, and Hugh. Uh, I was one of the sons that huge. performed. That was the minister and performed the weddings, the big wedding ceremony in the play. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That, right. that was going to drive me nuts. Otherwise, yeah. I, I, like every time I see you from now on, I would have just pictured you like flying Floating around. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, man. and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I to, yeah. yeah, I had to get rid of <laughs> that image. Of my, so that's much better. Thanks yeah. for clarification. <laughs> uh, now, but now that picture's in my head. <laughs> David. <laughs> so next week we're going to uh, dive into more of what it means to be a man in a leotard. 
Great. <laughs> uh, come back and join us this weekend as we dive into week two of Men Following Directions. Uh, feel free to check out our website, leesburg.cc, for all kinds of information and updates. Check, out, check us out on social media. Uh, we look forward to next week with you. And that is all. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. Bye. Peace. Peace.